What up, what up? How you doing? I'm good, man. Are you, were you talking to them or were you talking to me? It's a uh, rhetorical question. question. Well, I'm going to answer. I'm pretty good, man. It's kind of gloomy outside, but it's a beautiful day in Chicago. Damon Williams, what's up? Chicago, how y'all feeling on this beautiful day? And we are excited to bring you the first episode of Ergo showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. This week's guest on our premiere is the wonderful Malcolm Williams. Malcolm is a poet, activist, organizer, rapper, teaching artist, teaching artist, house party thrower. I think that's my favorite quality. That's more of a uh, more of a hobby, or do you think that's like a formal? Uh, oh no, I think that that needs to go on his resume. <laughs> I believe that needs to be on his Twitter bio and his LinkedIn uh, skills. So if you're looking for professional development, we'll be able to give you that, uh, Malcolm. I know you're going to be up here in a minute. We're excited to have you in the building. But first, let's give a little bit of a rundown of what the program is. Damon, you uh, you, you want to start it off? Well, you know. We're just young people trying to show what other young people are doing in the city. And we don't really want to have to exclusively focus on young, but I think that's where we're going and really trying to show how intersectional a lot of um, the creative forces are in our society, especially in Chicago. Uh, so we're very interested in the blend between art and activism and performance um, and creativity and community organizing and how it seems to be a renaissance basically happening in this city. So we want to capture that and kind of package it and uh, give it a platform that's kind of new to add to what's going on. So what you're going to hear here every Thursday at noon and then podcasted at ergoradio.com is a writer, musician, activist, rapper, thinker, thoughtful person who's doing work to reshape the culture of the city and this country. You're going to hear a long-form interview with them and then some sort of live performance at the end. And uh, we look forward to bringing some of those strong young voices to you. While we get settled with Malcolm, why don't we start it off with a little bit of music? Damon, what do we got for the people? Uh, I'm going to kick it off. Today is a special day because once I leave here, I'm going to try to get my mind right. And Erica Badu is in town. She's here for the taste. So I'm going to try to like sneak in there. Oh, I'm see. going. Oh, I'm going. Yeah, I'm definitely going. I don't like... Are you supposed to have tickets? No, it's free. It's free? Oh, so then I'm going to really sneak in. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to kick it off with one of the best joints off her first classic album, Baduism, with Other Side of the Game. So 
this complex occupation. <laughs> it ain't that he don't have education. Cause I was right there at his graduation. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't saying that this life don't work. But it's me and baby that he hurt. Come on, Chris Day. Because I tell him I'm right, he thinks I'm wrong. But I love him strong. I love him. Cause he gave me life that I came to live. Gave me the soul that I came to give. Precious on me, but the seed had grown. I can't make it on my own. You see, summer came around and the flower bloomed. He became sun, I became the moon. Precious gifts that we Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. 
This is 88.5 WHBK, and we are excited because we got the man, my friend, uh, somebody I respect in this city. Mr. Malcolm London is in the building. Make some noise to Malcolm London. We got to pretend like it's a lot of people in here. So what's up with you, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. feeling great. Uh, woke up this morning uh, with, with my mind on... Erica Badu. <laughs> true, so, true. I'm feeling true. real Today good. Today is a good day in the city. We all excited to see the mother. <laughs> where'd you uh where would you wake up? Where do you stay? Uh stay at Garfield Park, west side of the city all day, every day, best side of the city all day, every day. You know what I'm saying? So you're from out there? Yeah, yeah, that's why I was born and raised, man. Uh yeah, man, the west side is the side where the sun sets and that means it's always going down. So uh, what are um some of your earliest memories from seeing stuff out of the house, let's say, let's just say, like in the neighborhood on the block. Right. Some of the, your earliest memories from there. Yeah, man. Okay, cool. We're jumping deep. Just, yeah, just right into the conversation. Let's get it going. Yeah, no, no. Well, first of all, uh, thank y'all for having me. This is of what's course. up. Uh, the premiere, the, the, uh, this feels like a good fit that y'all are doing this. That's what's up. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, the west side of Chicago, it is a, a particular place I think that um, is unique in its uh uh unique in its in its place and in its spirit but is similar in its design uh in terms of how the neighborhood looks um and, and you know uh you know it's, it's it's a neighborhood of mirrors it's a neighborhood of folks uh who grew up and were born into situations that they didn't create uh and so <clears throat> what that means is you know i mean everything from seeing I see it right now in my head. I can see little kids at a block party playing double dutch. Uh, I can see teddy bears wrapped around, you know, street pole lamps. I can see police officers. I can see young men and women assuming a position. I can see grandmas on their porches with their uh, Bibles on their dinner tables <laughs> that they never open up, but it's, <laughs> but it's there. I can see. Uh, it's the centerpiece. Right, exactly. Every every crib. I can see. I can smell the lorries on the on the on the chicken. You feel me? Uh, yeah, man. Um, but that's 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 why I grew up. That's was born and raised, and and that's why that's why I continue to stay and continue to try to um, transform in some way, shape, or another. When you see some of those images that you have in your mind, um, how many of them are straight like childhood recollections and then how many of them are you still seeing today? And what are some things that maybe you were seeing then that you're not seeing now? I mean, unfortunately, uh, you see the same, oh, same old, um, same, same shade, different day. Um, but, I, but I think, which could mean a lot of good things and you know and a lot of bad things right to see the same folks hustling every day to to make ends meet to care about each other to to make it through the the, the bs you know what i'm saying to 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 be all right as kendrick would say you know what i'm saying <laughs> so 
you know, that's that's still alive. That's still kicking in. It's folks in, in the neighborhood that can bat the violence in in those places, um, and, and the violence from from everywhere from from lack of access, the violence from closing schools, the violence from interpersonal shit. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. For the record, I don't think we are allowed to curse. Okay, but just just got you, got you, got you, man. It's cool. I, I could have told you before. We to <laughs> yeah, yeah I was wondering. I was wondering about that. I, we got two out. It's you know true. what I'm saying? They it's not gonna come get us. Hey, don't don't challenge me. <laughs> I have like speech, a personal man. vendetta with the FCC as I have a radio show, so I call them out every week. So I'm glad yeah. we slipped. A few no, and you're in the file though. They got a file. Like, we've only been on like this is the first show. Oh, here. Yeah, no more files on me. True. So. You talked a little bit about outside the home. What was uh, what was your house like growing up? Who was there? What were some of the books being read, music being listened to, food being eaten? Man, uh, yeah, I grew I grew up in a household with my mom's and my little brother, uh, but we've always lived on the second floor above my grandma, and so uh, my cousins and my aunt who stays in the basement, and folks just always always up and through there. Um, I could hear Smokey Robinson in my head. I could hear uh, Teddy Pendergrass. I could hear Johnny Taylor. I could hear uh, I could hear my cousins watching 106 in Park. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's 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 where I grew up, and I think that place and those memories make me uh, who I am now. And, and the attention to detail when I write poetry, when I write rhymes or whatever, is is trying to relive that moment uh, and, and, and make sure that that sh story is told authentically and, and in the best way possible. Yeah, definitely. And so you've um, built a name for yourself as, as a poet or a writer um, for effectively um, kind of capsulating these images or these kind of tropes that you're talking about. So kind of take us back to the genesis. When was like the first time you really got involved with the arts or performed a poem or a piece, not e maybe not even on stage, but just for people in like a real way? Yeah, man, it's it's a funny story. I, so so the, so like the professional story, right? It's like uh, I saw, or, or when I started to take it seriously, I was 16 years old, and I had saw Darian Albert's uh, tape. And Darian Albert, for those who may not know, was a young uh, brother who was killed in 2009 um, via this mosh pit of fighting. And it was caught on tape, and you could hear on the video on the camera phone. You know his his people were screaming out his name as he as he laid on the ground and I cried when I first saw that and I just saw you know I grew up with violence and I grew up with seeing literal visceral blood laid out in the street but to see it on a video and to know that at least not immediately at least the city and the institutions that are supposed to keep us safe weren't responding to it in the correct way so I wrote a poem about it. Um, and it wasn't until, and, and then I performed at Loud in a Bomb, which is a, a youth poetry festival, but it wasn't until I performed at a high school for freshman orientation and two women came up to me crying and was like, yo, that was beautiful. And that's when I was like, yo, this is what I want to do. How old um, were you then? I was 16. Um, but the, but the, but the real, the truth, yeah, that's what I want to hear. The real truth <laughs> is that, um, yeah, man, I used to, I used to write rhymes, uh, when I was like 12 as I think most young kids that are influenced by hip-hop try to do. Um, you know, everybody, I think, at some point <laughs> tried to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I spit, I spit um, 
But I was terrible. <laughs> you, remember, uh, you remember any of those first yeah. lines? And could you man, be oh my God. Actually, I, I do actually. that first verse. Actually, I do. I, I, or the worst it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's actually it, the same thing. It, it, and I still remember, I don't even know why, because it, it took me like all night to write this. So I had a friend, right, this girl, that uh, I like, I can't remember what I did, but I, she was like mad at me for something. Like, we were like fourth grade, so it was like, I took a... You like pulled a picture. Right, right, right. I, I took her like Lunchable or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so she's hey, like mad. You took a Lunchable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good too. Um, and so Capri Suns, the pizza out. joint or like the sandwich nah, with the crackers. Sandwich with the crackers. Uh, okay, yeah. I did the pizza joint. Them joints be cold. Them joints be cold. Uh, but yeah, so I, it was like it was like I was like writing an apology rap rap, and I said, "Yo, I'm so very sorry." But I got a cousin named Amari. Dropping bombs. What's Amari up to now? He actually footworks. That's what's up. Maybe if he'd like coming with a footwork routine to that rap, then she might have forgiven you. Yeah, yeah, we're still friends though. It's all good. And then what really like. I had this this crush on this girl in high school, man. Uh, her name's Gianna, and uh, I used to write poems to her in freshman year. And I used to like tag people on Facebook. It was really bad. I was just like love poems. They, I think some of them probably still exist if you go to my <laughs> Facebook page. Check but the, that's uh, the Ergo, Ergo Facebook page. some of those yeah. relics online. So were but were there like exam like you're talking about writing love poems and basically like odes to people and stuff like that? Had you ever seen any of those like on a written page before? Like even in school, like were you reading poetry at all? Yeah, man. I mean, I think I think I got maybe the week real cool Gwendolyn Brooks at some point, and you know the I Too Dream America by Langston Hughes. But outside of that, in the classroom, it was probably like some whack like Robert Frost. <laughs> <laughs> or winter or whatever uh and i just wasn't rocking with it you know what i mean and so um yeah what not really to to be frank who are you listening to hip-hop wise oh man 50 cent was like <laughs> a guy to me mm -hmm. uh i had curtis curtis jackson the movie i had like, <laughs> posters on my wall <laughs> it was like you know what i'm saying with like yeah, i remember the magazines like mm -hmm. like uh, did the photo yeah 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo i had i had like Five of those, man, like an Eminem poster. Yeah. Anyway, I was I was bumping M. I was bumping uh, definitely Fifty. Uh, man, I was a big Tupac fan, of course. My email was Lil Tupac Fifteen when I was twelve. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, the? I actually never watched it, but I watched the trailer for it. The Fifty Cent film where he uh, he plays a character that gets sick. Oh no! And so I he lost like. Like the, yeah, for the movie, he yeah, was like, "Look, I'm like this, like, like actor now." <laughs> right. like, like, no, like bad though. Oh no, it was like, terrible. So terrible. Almost killed himself. Yeah. Or something that was like went straight to like BET or something. Yeah, like <laughs> if you're looking for the DVD, you can swing by the gas station. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He lost 175 pounds in a week for a gas That's station crazy. movie. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So you were mentioning how like the the, the poems you 
you were taught in school with like whack and how school kind of dropped the ball on that and a lot of how you kind of like made the stage for yourself so to speak was through your critique of the education system mm -hmm. and specifically cps you know with the high school training ground and how that kind of expanded your platform um talk a little bit about your work um with education because that also started from my understanding your, your work in the activism or the organizing world um and what you've seen over the past like let's say three or four years that you've been directly engaging with education yeah yeah i think um for me in high school the even even the critique in itself was just that uh was really me being like kind of a uh you know arrogant kind of little kid but it was but it was like something's wrong here you know what i'm saying i'm going to this school every single day from the west side of chicago i was in double honors at lincoln park and you know traveling 45 minutes every day to a school that was apparently quote unquote good but wasn't i wasn't learning anything valuable at the time or at least anything i felt was valuable i learned about calculus barely um <laughs> not at all actually um i learned about uh physics which was kind of cool i learned about beowulf that's a great uh story that'll put you to sleep and <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, man, this is crazy. I got cousins that are that are dead. Like, I don't. Why do I care about what this teacher is telling me? That if, eventually, if I do good in this classroom, I can make enough money to move away from where I came from. And that was never really something I understood or rock with. And so that translates into a frustrated sixteen-year-old who got not only you know things that sixteen-year-olds deal with, like crushing on people, like you know going through puberty, getting little mustache hairs that I'm still working on my beard, you know, now. And it's but, a struggle, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see you, Dez. Yeah, I'm, wor I'm organized. The beautiful thing about radio is that in everyone's mind, I just got a full beard, like Mumford and Son's beard right yeah. now. Yeah, he look at, he's like the white James Harden. Okay. Um, ladies, holler That's, holler my, that's my, my rap name. <laughs> yeah, the white James Harden, that's what's up. Uh, so, yeah, man, that 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 made me want to wanna change it, want to talk about want to be about it. Um... Yeah, and kind of catapulted me into a life that I never expected or or really knew. Um, even this term activism, and, and at first I just I, would, I never even rocked with that term. Still to this yeah. day, I really don't, you know, because to me, you know, there's a there's a there's a real thing about organizing. There's a real thing about political organizing. There's a real thing about being involved in a in a in a, in a deep way, in a different way. But activism to me. It's like caring and giving a and, and giving giving a crap, and so you know my my mom's is an activist. Uh, you know I couldn't raise two kids and work, you know as many jobs as she did to 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 feed two people and like listen to them cry and like be upset. Like that's a skill. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> you know so yeah, I, but yeah I just cared about things and, and felt uh, cool enough for our angry enough to talk about it and so you know yeah now here we are uh cool to ted talk later or two and a bunch of organizing um yeah i mean the education system needs to change constantly needs to change but yeah and i know it's something we've talked about uh damon and i have in the past uh if an institution like a school isn't doing that education work you know searching out those other spaces and I know for you that those spaces have been really important, alternative education spaces. Just real quick, like what are a couple of those? Yeah, yeah, alternative spaces. Um, one of those being which the organization I work for now is called Young Chicago Authors. Uh, it's a nonprofit that teaches literacy and hip-hop through spoken word. 
and we do a festival in the city. If you haven't heard about it now, uh, you probably not really from Chicago, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's called Louder Than a Bomb. It's a youth poetry festival that was started in 2001 uh, by this old Jewish dude named Kevin Koval. And Emphasis on the old. <laughs> yeah, very, very old. I think he just turned 50 not too long ago. Yeah, he has his own line of canes. Cop <laughs> one of those. It goes really well with a Cameron cape. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, and it's been going for 15 years. Uh, this one will be our 16th in, in the next spring. And it's, 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 a, it's a tool, it's an educational model and tool, but really, you know, it also breaks down barriers of segregation. Um, it, it allows young people to have autonomy over their own own stories uh, and, and to think about it in a creatively different way. And so, you know, yeah, it's a wave. It's, and not only do we have a festival in the city of Chicago um, called Loud Than a Bomb, which is on Netflix, if y'all ever want to go watch it, it's, it's out, it's cool, it's, it's dope. Um, but we also have other festivals in other cities. And so, yeah, for me, that alternative to that space that was so um, whack <laughs> and then this space that was fresh and that allowed me to feel free and allowed me to want to want to learn uh and, and want to be a better writer and ignited something in me that wasn't uh that wasn't just sit down and, and do this but was uh live live and be free and define for yourself yourself and so now as someone who moves between all kinds of different spaces between you know colleges and universities and protests and everything in, in between and all other kinds of spaces how do you try to make any old space an alternative learning space mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the that's the thing, right? Alternative, it's 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 only the alternative until it no longer is. You right. know what I mean? Like that, it should be, um, and so it has to be an alternative to what is uh, whack and, and oppressive or, or what have you. But it's interesting that you talk about spaces, man. Lately, I've been thinking about, um, you know, yeah. One night, I might find myself, you know speaking at Grinnell College, you know, giving a you know, shout out to yeah. shout out to Red Dead. Shout out to shout out hey, to the school. Um, yeah. Alma, yeah. Yeah. No, it's alma it's an, it's an alma mater. It's the old alma mater. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um or um, you know, I might find myself turning up at a club, you know, on the west side of Chicago at a barbecue where somebody might break out into a fight and then I might find myself teaching that after school program the next day and then I might find myself um, leading a protest with amazing people and organization I work for called BYP 100. Uh, or I might, like, be, you know, engaging in uh, activities that maybe uh, might receive a ticket elsewhere in front of a police officer, <laughs> you know. And so lately, man, I've been thinking about how do how do I tell the story of all of these, spa all of these spaces that are interacting um, that allow me to continue to be holistic? Because even, even as a, as a poet, educator, organizer um there's a box that people often put me in uh and you know which which means you know you can't do certain things or you have to perform or be a certain way and i think like that's counter to the narrative and the things that i speak about right it's like it's it's not about um you know because i could wear like a, a nice suit jacket you know that i'm worthy of of anything else that maybe my older brother who is out here still on the block isn't you know um and so trying to trying to but anyway that's only to say in the preface that i'm working coming out with this tape hopefully in the fall okay. um no title a few songs but basically i'm really embellishing this idea of being a carefree black boy who care about a lot um mm -hmm. because i think it is also too revolutionary to radically love myself in ways that white you know 
culture and dominant American culture doesn't allow for people who look like me to do while also saying that, you know, as a person that, you know, turns up on a Saturday night, I also care about people on Sunday morning. Yeah, especially as a leader. I mean, that's part of it is you think about probably some of the thinkers and writers and leaders and organizers who whose lineage you fall into and who you're learning from. You know, there's always that danger of people ending up being a symbol and, you know, not looking at their, whether they're flaws or just their contradictions. But by doing that, you're seeing the humanity in them. Do you want the people who are looking to you for leadership to see your flaws? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think, yeah, but not only see them and accept them, but see them uh, and push me like I push people to, 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 to be better and to challenge them to be better, to hold me accountable, but not to um, uh, act as if I can't make uh, those mistakes or, or or even be something that I can't be. Right. Like um I was actually talking to my boy Super the other night, uh, who's a, who's an MC in, in Chicago with her everybody. Uh, he was just telling me, yeah, man, like it's it's, it's dope that you could that like, you know that I like what you do, um, but you you could do that, you know. But you know, I, I'm an artist. I, I got to tell my whole story authentically, and I'm like, me too. You know what I mean? Like because you don't fit into a certain mold doesn't mean you can't care about the world in the ways you wish to you wish to care about them. Uh, and similar to me, just because I, you know obviously do do certain work that that cares about the world doesn't mean i can't also like be a person that gets drunk out of his mind uh, <laughs> at a party and just like you know chill on the stoop you know yeah. that that we exist in that and, and what we're fighting for is the ability to exist holistically in that way not to be categorized or stereotyped you know in a, in, a, in a way that um you know perceives us to be dangerous and or if not assimilating, uh, you know, something something that is othered. Or on the other end, exceptional. You, right. You can only be one of the two. Right, exactly. You know, the like, Questlove says, like, you can either be a five or a zero, you can't be a three. Mm. And so it's like fighting for the opportunity to be seen as just like a person with their own BS that they carry with them. Wouldn't it be like 10 or zero and then not be a five? Why would he do oh, well, it's a scale a, to, a five. Zero to five? That's a weird scale. I mean, he's a funky dude. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what Subquest love, but I'm definitely a TA. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's how I feel about myself. So, as you're like kind of talking about, you know, like these these movement space or the, this liberation space and this this need for it to be like sanitized or for it to be respect respectable or for it to be clean, how has that been something that? You, how do you try to counteract that? Like actively, like what what are some methods that you have? Because I feel like that is one of the biggest clashes, especially generationally, mm. as like, you know, a lot of these ideas of fighting and lifting voice are like being recycled. Um, that is one of the biggest issues on how we present ourselves. So how do you kind of navigate that that tension? Yeah, I think I mean it's 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 definitely a never ending battle to 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 come against it. Um and sometimes man, you know, I conform in, in spaces and I but I think conformity uh, in a lot of ways, is is about strategy, you know. Um, uh, to give a to give a great example, right? Like, um, and, and and you were there when we were talking about Baltimore, right? right. Well, when things popped off in Baltimore, everybody was like, "Oh man, why why are folks being violent? Why are they responding this way?" Um, and it took you know America, a broken window at CVS, uh, to care as opposed to a broken spine, and so. Yeah, folks are angry, and it's justified, and it's righteous. Uh, now, strategically, 
as bad as I want to burn down CVS and a, and a bunch of other stores, probably. Well, CVS is cool. I like CVS. <laughs> like, chase like, ATM. Maybe, like, maybe chase. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, but like you know, the strategy is then to 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 do it in a different different way. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's never in the battle. I mean, every day I, I I like you know try to try to figure that shit out. So out. no cousin. <laughs> no cousin. So my my interest um, is in like a few years, a lot of things have grown and changed uh, a lot. And you've kind of been uh, emblematic or like a a figurehead or a symbol of that of going from like the student to the teacher and a lot of the organizations uh, that we're talking about. So, you know, me personally going back and seeing my sister in L-Tabs in 2002 and 2003 and 2004 and then you participating, you know, in the 08 through like 2010 era um, in, you know, small auditoriums and seeing it now at the Airy Crown or what you guys have done and kind of revamping you media. How is that transition from being a participant to being like an administrator or how, how has it been to see that ride in like three to four years? Um, what you and a lot of your friends have like been a part of. Yeah, man, I mean, it's been, it's been beautiful. I, I think, um, and it kind of, it kind of just, just kind of happened. Um, but I think that's, that's the beauty of it all. Is when you know the transition from the student to the I guess the facilitator or the teacher is so seamless. That means the 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 model or the organization or the space or the community is doing the right work. Um, where you know you don't have to you don't have to provide an instruction manual to pass the torch. You just pass it and and cast are ready to and ready for it. And so for me it was you know like Christiana like uh, folks like Race Jackson like. Uh, Brittany, Black Rose, folks like Toaster, all of these artists that are in the city that are a little bit older, it was watching them, seeing them, uh, right. you know, and, and wanting to be, you know, big bro or, or you know, saying whatever to the space. And yes, I mean, if if you have great adults that allow you or allow young people to really have autonomy, to really take ownership of their own space and step aside, then you, then you, that's how you develop leaders, I think, or, you know, that's how it's been, at least. Word. So with that, y'all did something really dope this week, uh, speaking on the open mic staff um, and the, the field trip uh, that y'all did for the kids. You want to talk yeah. a little bit about that and how that came about and yeah. you know, kind of how it went? Yeah. And, what, and what open mic is overall in that Absolutely. staff crew? Yeah, man, when I talk about great mentors, uh, easily and uh, unparalleled is, is uh, Brother Mike Hawkins, who is a mentor to me and a, and a lot of other artists in the city who passed away back in, back in November. Um, a mentor to folks like No Name Gypsy, Fake Mensa, uh, Chance the Rapper, uh, Saba Pivot. You know, any any really artistic space, uh, they have they came through your media, which is uh, was at the library, and, and Brother Mike uh, was a, was a mentor there. And so when he passed, um, you know, folks were were, were devastated. Uh, he was only uh, thirty eight, I think. And um, yeah, you just don't you just don't ever think about people people being gone until they're gone, you know. And so yeah, man, we got drunk at my crib in celebration of his. Uh, I invited folks over in celebration of his life, and me, Chano. Uh, Demaris and Fatima, we're all in in my room, just like yo, we gotta, we have to do something, we have to get back, uh, the same way he gave to us. And it's so funny, you never, you never could thank people until it's too late to thank them, you know. And so, yeah, we were like yo, let's do it in February. And so we called it Open Mic, uh, like you know Mike's name, and 
yeah, we just wanted to cultivate the same space that that he gave us. And so, uh, you know, chances, you know, uh, uh, still on the come up, but still is now known is, is doing amazing work. And so, you know, I think it's also beautiful for him to be giving it back, giving it back and showing up in the way that he does and not just in a monetary way. And so. We got together. The first one was downtown, and it's been it's been love ever since. I think we've done like six of them, and so not only out of just the open mic, but we're also just trying to figure out what is what is a young organ what does an organization look like of young people um, from all over the city that are that are given uh, to our, our younger selves, right? Um, and not just um, older folks, but but us taking the reins. And so we we have this org called Staff, or this uh, informal org called Staff, um, which y'all are you know take, have volunteered and been a part uh, part of. And yeah, so we did. We've done six open mics. Uh, the next one is hopefully by the end of this month. So if you know any high school students, uh, tell them to follow Open Mic Chicago on Twitter, uh, or follow channel, or follow me to get information. But we did we did a festival where Kendrick came through downtown. That was that's crazy, insane. Uh, Kanye also came to one of our open mics. Um, shout out to shout out to him. And so yeah, and then we real, just real did. Light, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, shout out to Kanye. Also came. Shout out to the man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get some shout outs out there. Shout out to my boy Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> my boy Kendrick. You know what I'm uh, Jesus, why we had it? You know what I'm saying just everybody down rocking with. Uh, and then we yeah, but we we went we took uh, some some kids to to the museum. It was it was great. Five six to uh, six to twelve year olds or five to twelve year olds. And man, yo, kids are f hilarious. They're so brutally honest, uh, and it's just so so beautiful. I got I got heated a couple times on a school bus. Um, you know, like I had a shorty say, "Oh man, you look like the weekend little brother." Uh, <laughs> just like so, I had to heat it back. You feel me? But a little dusty, yeah, man. Uh, it was cool. It was fun. It was it was. Uh, but yeah, man, we just trying to trying to trying to do trying to do the small work. Um, you know, not everybody can can be a megaphone in the streets, um, but those who can are appreciated. Um, but it but it definitely comes. You know, there's so many different problems, which means there's so many different solutions out there uh, and strategies for folks to uh, learn how to love one another, but also to just do things like yo, kick it with a bunch of little kids that that live on the south side. You know. So for that crew of staff, you know, you mentioned both of us have been involved in different ways, but overall, who would you say those folks are? And not just names, but like, where are they coming from? What are right. they bringing to the table? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a collective of really just a friends. Uh, you know, uh, that's it. You're like, yeah, you know, we, we, and Damon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just folks we know. But but our friend group is is consistently unique. It's uh, you got MCs, artists, DJs, painters. Uh, folks who just go to work and who look dope, stylists, folks that work at Bucket Feet, folks that um, who are in social experiment, you know, from Greg, Nico, uh, Peter, uh, folks who are teachers. We got Rach Jackson, who is a, is a poet and an artist, and she's, you know, really uh, in a leadership role. You got my homie Demers Dunnigan, who started the whole uh, open mic, and she, you know, what I'm saying doing her thing, and she she makes she's a stylist as well. And so yeah, it's just it's just an amalgamation of. A bunch of people, and I saw a volunteer basis so far. So I think that's like what's what's up. In the uh, communication between y'all, and I know you're working in all these different organizations with all these different personalities and different kinds of, you know, tempos that people are moving at. How would you describe like what kind of 
environment in terms of leadership you try to create when you step in? Because I know, like, mm. watching the two of y'all at the front of a protest a couple months ago and watching you sit in a staff meeting at YCA and watching the way people move at open mic, you know, these are three very different yeah. kinds of communities doing the same, you know, similar kinds of work. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I try to get in where I fit in. Um, I think... You know, a good a good uh, leader. There's like this this really cool picture, but I can't really describe it. I'm not, I'm not even gonna try. But yeah, man, I think I think I just try to get in where I fit in, try to support where I can. If if that means you know stepping up and taking the lead. Um, right now, I'm I'm definitely trying to do a lot of stepping back, you know, um, because and not and not dominate spaces. But yeah, man, I don't know. How how I do it, dog. <laughs> As you talk about like operating in space um, and kind of getting in where you fit in and growing and changing uh, with the environment, I want to talk a little bit about um, maybe not BYP, but the lens mm -hmm. uh, and how that has affected you personally and in the work you do, and that being the, the black queer feminist lens. Um, I know that is a, a, a buzzword that may be very loaded for a lot of people. So if you kind of unpack that and how not just on like a political level, but personally, how that has been a change for you and kind of the struggles in operating in that lens. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, so queer feminism, um, I think. You know, we're at a particular university right now, so I'm going to need all the listeners, if you're out there, to, to listen to me um, when I say this. Uh, black power is not anti-white. Uh, feminism is not hatred of men. Um, wanting to not see people die in Palestine is not anti-Semitic. Uh, wanting to not see people die for whom they choose to love does not make you gay. Um, and so, first off, I'll say that. Uh, to some folks and then yeah but I think I think it's about it's about um centering those whose voices are most marginalized and so uh you know in terms of blackness right um when you look at folks who folks who are uh, most marginalized it, it becomes women it becomes queer folks and so not only just telling those stories but but having our analysis be centered around their stories um you know and maybe y'all have me back to, to really dive into that but yeah just look up byp 100 um and try to be a better human being with, you, with yourselves has there been any has there been any struggles and like adjustments because i know that's not something you were this is something new for you, yeah, right? Yeah. So can you talk a little bit like as a black man operating in that? Or as Malcolm London, you don't even have to right. talk as a black well, man. Well, I am. How, Malcolm how London is that? a black man, True. so I, I definitely could, I don't speak for, for all black For those just listening on right now. <laughs> if you didn't know, um, yeah, man, I look like Morris Chestnut. But so, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, so I think, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it was, what really got me to even... You know, you grow up and I, th I think society has a really good, society does a really great job of uh, uh, either demonizing or giving bad connotations to words that are powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like black, like black power, like feminism. Um, and so, you know, some, you know, those aren't always the best, like those aren't always 100 
uh, percent right all the time. But 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 what what it did for me is that when you grow up, man, I grew up my entire life, and every girlfriend that I've had, every friend who was a girl that I had, every I had cousins in my household who were all sexually assaulted, and everywhere I looked around me, I'm like, yo. Why are so many women that I know, why do they have so many horror stories? And, you know, it was it was realizing that it isn't some boogeyman in the alley that's that, that assaults women. It's, it's everyday folks. When one out of four women are, are reported to be raped and, and the numbers are, uh, you know, much, much grander than that. It was for me wanting to go, I don't want my daughter to grow up in this world. Um, and... It was it was reaching out to certain folks, reading books about feminism to understand that that rape culture to understand that uh, hyper masculinity and the way women are sexualized and the way they are oppressed uh, creates that type of uh, oppression. And that you know I don't fully understand it. I'm not a woman. I will never be a woman um, to understand that struggle. But as a man who has and benefits from patriarchy, who benefits from uh, the subjugation of women, I have to do. Um, the work to to understand it and to and to uh, <clears throat> leverage some of that privilege that I have, um, yeah. And also ask that of other people who you're working with. Absolutely, dope, yeah. dope. So for those who don't know, he's a teaching artist. He's a a, a poet. He's an organizer, but he's also a DJ. Oh, you gonna yeah. tell him about yeah, about chocolate mouth? Oh man, <laughs> in the streets, I upgraded. I used to be called DJ YouTube because um, I only DJ off YouTube. You feel me? So you need the Wi-Fi. But then you know, I upgraded to DJ Chocolate Mouth because M A L C girl. So, um, so, so you brought something through for us. Yeah, this, this is just a song, man. Uh, I want to take a break from talking. This, <laughs> this is a song that I've really been bumping. Man. I love it. Uh, it's by Gregory Reporter. Um, and so just a little, little something for y'all. And then, uh, you know, I might do a little, do a little something on my own. Um, but yeah, this is uh, Be Good. Her name, and I sing my lion song and brush my mane. She would, and she could, so she pulled my lion's tail and caused me pain. Said lions are made for cages just to look at in delight. You dare not let them walk around, cause they might just bite. She knows what she does when she dances round my cage and says her name. Be good, be good. Be good is a name I trim my lion's claws and I, and I cut my mane And I would if I could But that woman treats me the same Said lions are made 
Be good, be good. 
Gregory Porter here on Ergo WHBK 88.5 FM. I'm Daniel Kisslinger. I'm Damon Williams. And you've been hearing the musings and thoughts of Malcolm London. Malcolm, you, uh, you got something on deck for us you wanted to perform? Yeah, man. Actually, uh, I might just have to play this song. Nah, you gotta spit it raw. Gotta spit it live. <laughs> Do something live. Poem. Something live? All right, I got you. I got you. Something live, real quick. Something smooth for the, for the cats. Actually, all right. This so this is about. I'll do a short. I do a short poem. Uh, then I want to play this rap song, and then uh, we can we can bounce, man. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 about the West Side. Respect. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's a short poem. It's, it's called When You, When Someone Is Not From The West Side. I don't know my phone's loading. <clears throat> when someone from the west side, if you grew up there, you could tell the difference between gunshots and fireworks, taxis and police cars, Visa and Link, Uncle Remus and Harold's. Adidas and cross trekkers, swishers and white owls, misdemeanor and felony. You commit to your woman if you ever do split and come back. Don't back into a corner unless it's your block. Leave only if it's for good. Yeah, thank you, Malcolm. Yeah, man. And as a Southsider, I, I, I'm going to honor you. And uh, let you know that I'm starting to have to give it to Uncle Remus, man. They, they, they really, you know, the, the beef has been real, uh, and I've been heroes till I die. And I might have died because last time I had Uncle Remus, I can't lie. <laughs> that's I, what's up. That joint was premium. Yeah, so. that this is that recorded is a, on the radio. Yeah. I guess. I, I, that seems really controversial. I'm sorry, Southside. <laughs> I love y'all. Harold's, I love you to death. There goes all of our listenership but, down here. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect my man and bow out. Uh, on that, and you know, just ease the tensions between the sides. We that's, all that's what's up, man. Sure. Can I say the N word on the radio? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm making that executive cool. decision. Cool. This song is all right then. No, no cuss words. <laughs> all right, before we play uh, this last track and get out of here, um, first off, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, y'all. I'm glad y'all doing the show. Yeah. Uh, it's every twelve o'clock every every twelve o'clock every Thursday, Damn, and then it's uh, podcasting online, Dope. iTunes, SoundCloud, all that, and uh, then. We'll talk. I'll give you the full rundown. But listeners, you can um, hear that piece that he read as well as this song on the uh, We Go mixtape coming. Eee. We're going to do quarterly mixtapes with release okay. parties on those. Dope. Um, and right before we get out of here and hear this last song from Malcolm, I want to give a thanks to WHPK, um, Ben Niespodzani, who every week, he also known as Neon Pajamas over at Mishka, uh, he gives us a fresh batch of instrumentals every week from dope producers all over the country. That was the instrumental you heard up top. You'll hear a different new couple instrumentals throughout uh, the show each week. So big thanks to him. Check out the work he does with uh, Mishka and at SoundCloud, Neon Pajamas. Um, and just keep it tuned for a strong new voice every week. Damon, you want to add anything? I just want everybody to know that I'm stealing all those instrumentals and making my own mixtape. <laughs> so just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> but here we go. What's this track, Malcolm? Uh, it's called uh, it's called uh, What You Know. 
And uh, yeah, so it's on some carefree black boy uh, stuff that I care about a lot. And uh, you can find me online at MalcolmLondon.com. Cool. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. We'll see you next week. So we never Snapchat. She can feel it in the liver when I deliver. West side nigga with no rear view mirror. Black in the west, the snipes in the leather jacket. Sipping on jack sniping niggas for the leather jackets, nigga. I know, you know, she know, they know. I know, you know, we know that I'm the only nigga around. Bump Jill Scott and it was written in the hood. Just like a ninja, teacher and a rapper too. Ain't nobody do it like I do. Nobody. They saying he gon' lose, but I ain't never listen. A young boy with a gift, and I can stay all hate Christmas. And I ain't gon' miss this shot like I do my mama. Never hit a woman, holler back, Rihanna. I'm a nigga with an attitude from a city where I gotta do what I gotta do. Where they take family matters too. I'm Urkel with Brenda's baby tooth, Pox nephew. Who knew? Uma Thurman skill kill Bill boys in the recording booth. Ooh, I know, you know, she know, they know. You know we know that I'm the only nigga around Bump Jill Scott and it was written in the hood Just like a ninja, teacher and a rapper too Ain't nobody do it like I do I know, you know, she know, they know I know, you know, we know that I'm the only nigga around Take my liquor and my women, everything brown Except my weed and my money, I like it all now What you going through on stages hope it changed the ones that you going through but don't go don't go chasing what's going from you you your own marathon so watch the world sign for you i know i know i know what you going through on stages hope it changed the ones that you going through but don't go don't go chasing what's going from you you your own marathon so watch the world sign for you